why can't a woman just have so much on her plate? She's tired and not interested in taking off her clothes and expending even more energy. It makes me wonder how interested a man would be in having sex two or three times a week or whatever regular means. If he were doing all that most women do in a smaller body with smaller organs, which is medically proven, that has been through the intensity of trauma and childbirth probably multiple times, how interested do we really think he would be? Welcome to Love Addiction Recovery Over 40. I'm your guide, the coach in your pocket, Lacey Bentley. This show explores how to heal from your love and sex addiction and save your marriage. If you aren't sure where to start or what comes next, this is the place for you. I spent 23 years leading women through addiction recovery, and I can tell you for sure, no one succeeds alone. You've got this and I've got you. Let's get started. Hey ladies, this episode is for mature audiences. You're going to want to take care who is around you and their readiness to hear the word sex about 3,000 times in the next 30 minutes. If you know me at all, you're not surprised since I like to put everything out there to get you thinking for yourself. If you don't know me very well, this will be fun. Here we go. Your body and sexuality belong to you. I want you to think about that. Your body and sexuality belong to you. Now, you might be thinking, duh, but hear me out. Do you really know that? Does your partner understand and honor that? Or do they believe your body and sex actually belong to them like the rest of the world does? Let me explain. The more I've thought about how the female body is objectified, the more I've also realized how women's sexuality is objectified. For example, if a woman is too sexual, There are terrible names she's called by men, other women, and even herself. But where are the corresponding names for men who behave in the exact same way? As far as I know, they don't exist. Why? My theory is we don't have these names for men for a few reasons. One being, we actually think men own women's bodies and sexuality, but they are not owned in return. Therefore, there is no need to shame them for being overly sexual because their sex is their sex. Second, we don't put men in their places sexually like we do for women. Men are less labeled overall, especially white men. And if a man wants a lot of sex, he just wants a lot of sex. If he doesn't want sex or he wants very little, it's really not a big deal in most cases. However, if a woman doesn't want sex very often or at all, She's called sexually anorexic. She's told she should figure out why she's not interested. Her partner needs sex after all. I'm going to get to that in a minute. And I ask, why is low sex drive pathologized? Why is it such a bad thing? Why are we name calling, making her a sexual anorexic or a prude or whatever, instead of looking at what's actually going on for this woman in her life? And are there good reasons? She's not feeling sexual. Between childcare, home care, self-care, work, grocery shopping, lack of sleep, why can't a woman just have so much on her plate she's tired and not interested in taking off her clothes and expending even more energy? It makes me wonder how interested a man would be in having sex two or three times a week or whatever regular means. If he were doing all that most women do in 
a smaller body with smaller organs, which is medically proven, that has been through the intensity of trauma and childbirth probably multiple times. How interested do we really think he would be? So maybe he'd still be more interested. But the truth is our organs are smaller, but we do just as much, if not more, with them. Our libido is far more affected by things like fatigue and illness, which also afflict women far more than they do men. So I think if we stop making it about women need to deal with their stuff so men can have enough sex and realize how often she feels like having sex is really nobody else's business but hers. And she just might be able to relax a little bit. But as women, many of us have to find a way to be in the mood enough, whatever that means, per week that we don't get a new diagnosis or get our partners frustrated. But men, they don't carry that burden. They're not used to being told women's sex and sexuality belong to women, belong to her individually and her alone. And society spends so much time objectifying the female body and the female sex drive that women, we don't even realize our sex is our business and our business first and foremost. And we don't owe it to anyone. We don't have to with anyone. And this concept might seem a little far-fetched for some of you. So let me expand more on what I have seen. A young couple gets married, right? And they've been married for six, eight, 10, 12 months. And often what's the next question? So when are you guys gonna have kids? Are you planning on having kids? But why? Because it's her job to procreate as far as society is concerned and we have a right to ask. But why? We really could be asking the real question she needs, like, how are you adjusting to being married? How's it going having a roommate whose laundry habits affect you? Probably on a daily basis. How's it going dividing up the household needs? Are you guys finding some common ground? How are the chores getting divided? Are you getting to do your favorites? Do you get to get rid of some of the ones that you don't really like because your partner likes doing them? That kind of thing. Could you use some support getting the kitchen unpacked? How is your new place? How is the job going? There's so much more to talk about. But what we really want to know is, are you planning to have babies? But what if she's not actually able to conceive? Or what if he's infertile? Why are we so busy asking about other people's sex and reproduction when it's such actually such a small part of life? Reproduction is not a small part of life, but this whole sex and sexuality thing, Sure, we take it with us everywhere, but why do we default to asking people about these things? It's none of our business what they are going to do. It's none of our business what she is going to do with her sex organs. And if she doesn't want to respond, though, she has to be polite or she's being rude. But why do we think asking questions like this is good manners? Well, because we think women's bodies are our business, pure and simple. Reproduction is just an extension of sex, and maybe she doesn't want to talk about it, though. Sadly for her, she doesn't actually have that choice in polite, I hope you hear my air quoting here, society. So how do women take back their sex lives and their sexuality in a world where they are expected to have whatever amount of sex regular means, regardless of how they feel and what's going on in their lives or their bodies? 
How can she balance wanting to be available for her partner, even if her sex drive is low? First, she needs to understand that sex, it's not a need. It's a drive. Granted, it can be fantastic and bring a couple closer together, which is important. But many, many people spend decades willingly going without sex. And guess what? They don't die. A need means without it, you will die. People don't actually die from lack of sex. Therefore, it is a drive and an urge. So science does say people who have more sex live longer, but that is not the only variable here. These people, maybe they're in long-term relationships that are really good. Maybe they have varying amounts of social interactions and support that increase their longevity. Maybe because they share an income with someone else, they have a higher standard of living, thus access to a higher quality food and healthcare. Plus, people willing to answer questions about their sex and sexuality who respond to these studies are in a unique category of openness all on their own, which who knows, maybe that contributes to living longer. We really cannot say that sex is the best answer for longevity across the board and that having the right amount of sex will make you live longer. We can say that it's part of healthy relationships and that we want to get to that place, but we really cannot prove that you live longer if you have more sex. So I guarantee most of you have heard that at some point or another. Another fact, one activity is rarely the magic cure for anything, including death. So real intimacy and honest relationships with significant friends and family might be just as effective, if not more so, when it comes to living longer than the amount of sex a person has. But that is not nearly as interesting as a talk show topic. So we're not talking about it all the time. And sex has become such a blown up, out of proportion part of our lives and our conversation that that's what we wanna talk about all the time. Okay, so next point. Women need to separate their sex and their sexuality from their value. How a woman dresses and engages with the world through her personal sexual expression is a personal preference. It has nothing to do with her value. Now, that is not the message we get when we're walking into a store and see huge posters on the back wall of women in underwear. That is not the message we get anytime we turn on the TV. Little girls learn early, though, how much power attraction can get them. And this learning, it's pretty subconscious a lot of the time, but that does not make it less powerful. Being attractive gains attention and even little girls know it. And attention is social currency. We want social currency. So for women and girls, sexuality and sexual expression are the fastest path to that currency and the most sure way to get it. You've probably heard the phrase, women give sex to get love. We can substitute that last word, love, with so many others, like women give sex to get belonging. Women give sex to get noticed. Women give sex to get validation. Women give sex to be seen. Women give sex to get recognition. So women give sex and they behave sexually because society really does have us thinking 
we need to give sex and behave sexually in order to belong. We have to let other people objectify us. What we get in exchange, though, it's not real love and belonging. It's a cheap counterfeit that can never actually satisfy the very real human needs for being understood and loved by others. If a woman becomes emotionally or physically incapable of having sex, we've got to fix her or replace her. But why? She still has so much to offer outside of this one part of her. But that one part is so overly emphasized and so overly made into being everybody else's business that she knows she is probably on her own if she does not have a very good reason for not wanting to have sex again or not having sex again. So with all of this being said, I want to be very clear. Long-term relationships are far better off when partners can honestly and openly share in the act of lovemaking. It can be connecting and it reinforces the rest of the relationship, but it is not the relationship. Sex is not a band-aid or an indication of the health of the rest of the relationship. You can get sex just about anywhere. It doesn't have to mean anything. Frequent sex means nothing at all about the connection and honesty inside a relationship. It just means there's a lot of sex. And you can get that by visiting a bar every night or hiring multiple people. Sex does not mean relationship, safety, connection, health. It does not mean any of that. It just means sex. However, when both partners are free to want or not want sex for any reason, then to express their love and connection Without being diagnosed with anything, it can help open up the conversations for them that can actually heal the relationship instead of making one partner the problem. Now we got to fix this woman who doesn't want to have sex frequently enough. Well, what is she dealing with? What is going on inside of her? And again, women do a lot with smaller bodies and smaller organs, and we are far more likely to become physically ill, far more likely to have fatigue and chronic illness than men. But if that starts to affect our libido, all of a sudden that's what becomes the focus and that's what we need to fix. And that is so skewed, so skewed in my opinion. I want you to think about anyone with the average burdens of a regular everyday woman, what she carries as a wife, a mother, a homeowner, an employee, or a business owner. Anyone with those burdens might find themselves too tired for any host of activities. The question is not, what's wrong and why don't you feel like going out with your friends or why don't you feel like doing the dishes or why don't you feel like staying up late? It's, why don't you feel like having sex? The motivation to this question, though, cannot be about having more sex. It needs to be what is going on for you and how can I support you without the motive being so that then I can get more sex. Because that is still only seeing her as an object and giving someone else, again, ownership of something that really is hers and only hers, that being her body and sexuality. So if the support is not given simply to ease her burden and show her kindness and love and compassion, it's manipulation. And those willing to manipulate are objectifying her. Those willing to help and support her in hopes of getting somebody, probably themselves more sex, are just objectifying her. 
if she is not worthy of that love and kindness and respect, even if she will never give sex again, it is not true care and concern. A healthy woman would not want to have sex with someone trying to objectify her in this way so that they can just get what they want at her expense because it feels disgusting. It's horrible to feel like that. Yet, as women, we're expected to accept it and go along with it. Yuck. So in my thoughts and my experience, the question actually becomes, why aren't more women feeling averse to sex? And I'm not saying we all need to be feeling this. I just want us to think deeply about why women are not interested in sex and stop making it pathological and start looking at what's really going on for them instead of making sex this disgusting game of who is really in charge of her body where she can't win against mainstream society where everyone is telling her her sex is their business. It's not. That her sex belongs to someone else and if she's not giving it enough, she needs to fix her. That's not necessarily true. Her sex and sexuality are hers and her intimate partners if she chooses to share it because she feels the connection and understanding and love and caring that she does need. Now, I understand there are many, especially men, who are not willing to be in a relationship where they do not get at least a reasonable amount of sex. And again, that word reasonable, it's so subjective, but People think that they deserve and need sex. To that, I say, those feelings are yours and they are not her responsibility. She will be given consequences for taking a stand that she doesn't want sex. But that does not make anyone else's sex drive her job or her responsibility. And until she is free to give or not give without consequence, her sex is still being dictated by others. And while that's okay for a lot of people, there are also a lot of us who are not okay with that. There's this movement to free women sexually, or at least that's what we're saying. Yet we still don't have complete say over that sexuality. We can't be too sexy, but we do need to be sexy enough. We can't be too sexual, but we do need to want enough sex to keep our partners happy. And too low of a sex drive, we're going to need to fix that. And instead of actually addressing the real concern, which might be stress or illness or depression or something, we just want to diagnose it and get her therapy or get her more supports. But those supports are really just so that she's going to be interested in sex enough. And I really, truly believe this mentality is part of why so many women can't make themselves interested enough in sex to be considered healthy or healed because it's not about her. It's about how much sex she will give to people who want to use her body to gratify themselves, who think that they have a right to her body. It's her body. So as I come to a close with this concept today, I want you to take a few important points with you. Yes, sex is important to long-term relationships. It's an incredible expression when the rest of the relationship is fulfilling and nurturing. Sex is a drive and an urge. It is not a need. We know this because people unable or unwilling to have sex for decades don't die or get sick over it. Many, in fact, are very, very happy in the lives they've chosen for themselves. The same cannot be said for food, clean water, and oxygen. 
Next, women have a right to their own bodies, their own sex drive, their own sexuality, their own lack of a sex drive, and their own opinions about their bodies. If it bothers them that they have a low sex drive, they can address it. Fair or not, though, there will be consequences if lack of sex drive bothers partners, especially male partners. That is just a reality we have to deal with as women. It is not fair. I don't like it. Many, many women don't like it. And it is the reality. The female body is not given the privacy it deserves or that many women actually need. And that has an impact on sex drive for some of us. We don't get to keep our bodies to ourselves. Men do. Thus, we'll be encouraged to get over whatever's keeping us from wanting to have enough sex, whatever that means. Next, we really do have a right to take back our sex and sexuality. The world will be fine. You do not owe sex to anyone for any reason. You can also give it if that is what you want to do. Now, again, that's not to say there won't be consequences, but that is not your problem, really. Other people's sex drive is their problem. That is their responsibility. It's not yours to make sure other people get enough sex. It is your job, your responsibility to make sure you have the connection and the honesty and the trust and the safety in the relationship that you're willing to go there. That's your responsibility. And just as your partner may not be willing to give that to you, you don't have to be willing to give sex just because someone bought you dinner or shares a bed with you. And finally, true sexual freedom is the freedom to have or not have sex without being name-called or diagnosed with a disorder. When you feel fully supported, ladies, chances are you're going to have more interest in sex. That requires a partner, though, who knows your sex and sexuality are yours. They are your choice, and they are not to be used as a point of manipulation. When you've got all of that taken care of in a relationship, it really is highly likely you are going to be more interested in sexual connection with that person. And if you are not, look at what is going on in the relationship. Don't point the finger at you and go, what's wrong with me? I don't want this enough. Look at what is going on in your life, your relationship. Take a holistic approach. Do not make this just about, I'm not giving my partner enough sex. I need to fix that. Something's wrong with me because that is not usually the case. There is far more to it than you're not giving enough of something to someone that actually is yours to not give if you don't want to. Thanks for listening. Can I ask you a favor? If this resonated with you, will you leave a review on Apple Podcasts? Your input allows us to reach more people and make a bigger impact. Next, if you're wondering whether or not you're ready for recovery, take the quiz by going to www.herrecoveryroadmap.com forward slash quiz, where you'll find the right next step for you. Until next time, don't forget, you've got this and I've got you.